to talk tonight. Uh, uh, I've been going to the ring for a while. A lot of you guys have been going to the ring for a while. And so you may know that I am usually extremely fast and some of you may be high-fiving each other and are ready to uh, hit Jason's Deli or wherever you go. Um, I've got a word tonight I want to tell you. Uh, Josh asked me to speak. I always tell you, Josh asked me to speak. So exciting. I really somehow in some frame of mind enjoy this. It just doesn't look like it. I, I'm just bouncing off the walls. Um, I love you as a church. Uh, like I say, we've been here, Chris, well, I, myself and Chris, and um, for 14 years. I think the ring's been going for maybe a little longer than that. Jared, uh, Rodney's brother, Wade, Josh, I think in the summer of 98. Jared, is that pretty much? I... Uh, I was in my second senior year at Louisiana Tech. Um, that's how we do it, you know, two of them. Uh, but I came home and just fell into this community. I had known Josh for a while, had come to know Rodney, um, and, and know so many people and just fell into this community and have, have really loved my time with you guys. Um, I am on the elder board now, which is the group of men that uh, you guys pray for, nominate, push, push toward the front as uh, shepherds, pastors. Um, the paperwork says we are the conscience of the church. So as scary as that is for me, uh, it, it's true. So here I am. I get to uh, be on stage. And I want to tell you, um, uh, I got to talking with Josh and was just saying, hey, I'm not sure what I want to talk about, but I, I want to tell you that, that personally, I've come to a point where some things are happening here in worship and, and in, in church regarding the Holy Spirit. And, and I feel inadequate. I, I go to talk about Him or pray to Him or uh, even just think about Him in my quiet times. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like sometimes He's a total stranger. And, and I want to talk about that tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a... Uh, I'm going to try and do a good job of opening the discussion. I told the folks in 415 prayer that, uh, that this topic is amazing. Holy Spirit, one of my points, he is God. I'm, I'm, okay, that one's gone. So, um, like, uh, the, he is God. And so from Genesis, literally chapter 1, verse 2, all the way through the end, the Spirit is working. And so... Uh, it's, it's like saying, I want to teach you about God tonight, you know, and that's, wow. Um, but we're going to hit a few, we're going to hit a few points and I'll be honest. I, I hope that, that what I speak about tonight, um, opens up a dialogue between you and you and him, you and God, you and, 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 uh, Holy Spirit. Um, I hope that, that you, I honestly hear that the, the spirit manifests himself and that it drives you to to do your own personal study. And I don't know if you're in the same place. You may be an expert on the Holy Spirit. I, I congratulate you. Um, it, it is awesome. But for tonight, I just want to 
talk about some fundamentals and uh, and maybe and maybe help push each other towards uh, more towards Christ likeness, more towards Christ, more towards the Holy Spirit and the Father. Um, Josh, uh, uh, he uh, taught us a couple times uh, as the elders. He, he actually finally one year said, "Hey, let's let's teach on preaching." And uh, that was weird because I'd preached several times before. And so, you know, Josh, uh, okay, I haven't really taught you. You're really horrible at this. So let's sit down and, let, and let's, uh, no, he did it with all the elders. He said, let's, let's talk about a few things. And it was so eye-opening to hear his take on how he takes this pulpit and how he extends to you um, the grace that's, that's been extended to him. And one of his biggest points to me that stuck was that you cannot step to this pulpit and not have a hope for the congregation that would hear the word that you've been given. And so I want to tell you that tonight. I want you to take comfort in that, that regardless of if I speed through and miss my points, whatever, I have a hope for you, and I pray that you would have a hope for me to grow in sanctification, to grow towards God. I have a hope that what we're going to talk about tonight will strengthen you in your walk. Um, I, I go back to the topic, I guess. I I, uh, I grew up in out in Central. I'm from, from Central, and I... I was thinking about it, and I've, I've been through about three churches in my life, I guess big spans. <clears throat> we had a church I was growing up uh, in, I don't really even know what it was, my older sister's here, and um, uh, Calvary, I guess, was maybe a non-denominational thing. I always was told fundamental Christian. We took communion every week, but really that, to me, after growing up and having hindsight, that to me was the only thing that was different than a Baptist church or a, or a fairly conservative Protestant church. So um, I went to Calvary, and then when I was in fifth grade, we went over to Comet, which is out in, uh, Jamie, I said that right? Comet? Uh, I'm sorry, Comet. Comet uh, uh, out in Central. And, and that was my home church, really, from 10 to, you know, close to graduating college. I mean, high school. Um, finishing high school, we went over to Zor. Anyway, there's a point to all that. There's not, I hope you're taking notes. You know, you know where I've gone to church. Um, <laughs> the, the point is this, all of those are fairly conservative Baptist churches. That's, there's nothing, I'm not knocking them. I certainly do not regret going to those churches, but I'll tell you what happened. And I told him I was going to talk about him. Uh, I met a man, uh, a, a man child, uh, back then named Rodney Sutherland, um, Maybe like sophomore year, high school, you think? We started playing ball. We played pickup ball at church. And uh, he, when did you start dating? He dated my little sister for a little while. So, oh my gosh, this is scandalous. Uh, so, high school, let's, me and Rodney kicked up a friendship at high school. Um, Rodney went to a non denominational church, but I would say a fairly much more charismatic church in terms of uh, their worship and their teaching and things like that. And so my ears began to perk up when I would hear people talking about, we would talk about uh, tongues and prophecy and interpretation of tongues and, and uh, healing and things like that. And, and honestly, I just felt like a total idiot. You know, I just was like, you know, and it wasn't just writing. We had people who, who grew up in that realm of church and, and it was so uh, different. It seemed so new to me at the time. And so um, it was honestly kind of scary because you don't just write that stuff off. It's in the Word. 
You know, I mean, even though I haven't been taught it, it doesn't mean that, you know, okay, I haven't been taught this, so it must not be true. What? That, that's not true at all. And I'm not here to tackle those things. I hope maybe everybody breathes out a sigh of relief, like, Jake's going to tackle tongues and healing, you know. Uh, Josh, we don't need you anymore. You know, go back to the beach. So that's not true. It was, a, you know, just a saying. Uh, so anyway, um, I, I don't, I credit that start kind of to Rodney, to the people I began to, hunt, to hang out with. I went off to college. Um, not much changed. Went to a Baptist church up there. And, uh, and again, not, not dogging Baptist churches, but I just don't, it, it may have just been totally me. I wasn't, I wasn't educated about the Spirit and the workings of the Spirit in my life. And so that's where I'm coming from. Um, you say, well, Jake, you've been out of school for 14 years. Maybe you ought to get, you know, get on the ball a little bit. Um, that is true. Uh, it seems so crazy that I'm, I'm 37, and only now have I started to go, what does it mean to be hungry for the Spirit? What does it mean for the Spirit to work in my life? What does it mean for me to have the Spirit of the living God? Um, I'm, I'm not going to tell you all that. Yet. If you all know, let me know. So, uh, No. Um, this is a quote. I, I, when Josh heard what I was talking about, he said, look, I want to tell you about a book. Uh, and I, I don't want to turn anybody off. This is Francis Chan. Josh said, look, you, when you name drop, it's a two-edged sword. You got some people who are like, all right, he's talking about Chan. Let's, let's, let's lock in. Let's rock and roll. And you got other people who are going, oh, he's talking about Chan. I hate Chan. Uh, don't say that. That's not nice. <laughs> uh, that's not nice. So anyway, Francis Chan, huge speaker, <laughs> writes a book called Forgotten God. And Josh says, uh, look, you ought to look into it because it sounds exactly like what you're going through. It sounds like he's written about what you're talking about. And it, it is, man. I read this forward. I read his introduction. I've, I've read the book. And he is just with me. I'm with him. Francis Chan's with me. Um, I'm with him. How come we've gotten so far? And, and, and I'll say this. I want to be bold. Jesus at the right hand of the Father interceding on my behalf. Man, I believe I am good. I am saved. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the cross and that, that He saved me, that He has washed away my sins, that I am covered in His blood, and that God the Father looks upon me and sees a child that has been covered by His blood and has been redeemed and is His child. I see God the Father in the throne room, directing, guiding, moving, creating, and, and I believe those things, and I've come to this point, whether it's 14 years at the ring or not, yeah, or 37 years in church, whatever it is, I've come to this point where I'm so good with two out of three. You know, the trinity of, of, of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. How come I can be so okay with Jesus and so good with God and then so... What? Spirit? Like, what are you talking about? So... I mean, I'll, I'll uh, tell you a quote from Chance. As many uh, cannot confidently say they've experienced His presence or works in their lives over the past year. Uh, many don't even believe that they can. I don't know if that's you here today. Uh, many only know a salvation experience which is from the Spirit. And so you think about that. He says, uh, I want to get to a point where we know what He's doing in our lives rather than what he did a month or years ago. So that's an elementary idea. Like, 
please, Father, may my only dealings with the Spirit not be 17 years ago when I accepted Christ as, as my Lord and Savior. And, and, and it's almost an insult to talk about that 14 years because I don't think Josh is, is void of teaching about the Spirit. I believe we teach about the Spirit. I believe his teachings, because I sit in this body, I believe that those teachings have brought me to this point of, of hungering and yearning for, for a greater understanding of what the Lord is doing in my life. I'm just talking and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is igniting a fire is lighting an ember in your heart and is producing that same desire to know the Spirit or to know Him, to know Him more. <clears throat> um, again, I have a hope for our body. I, I want to awaken something in us. Um, and I'll be honest, I sat down with Josh and we talked about this. We went through the sermon a little bit and I kept using that term more. You know, I want us to have more. I want us to have more. And he said, I want you to be careful because... That can be misconstrued, you know? You can't... <clears throat> is it that we want more of God and that God is withholding from us and that He's holding back and, and we're just begging and pleading for Him to give us more? Or is it that we've still held on to so much control that we've not allowed the Spirit to work in our lives? And that's, that's where I'm at. When you hear me say more of God... Please flip it in your mind. It's a mistake on my part. God has given Himself freely and fully to us. And it is only through, through us that we would lay ourselves down, that, we would lead ourselves, that He would lead us to the cross, that we would lay our bodies down. What, what beautiful words. Like, that we would go day by day and lay ourselves down for the control and the, the works of the Spirit to be manifest in our life. And, and please, please hear me. Tongues and prophecy and, and interpretation and, and all of these huge things we look at so largely. Some of us don't even believe those still exist. I'm, that's not, I'm, not, I'm not indicting you. I've, there are thousands of people who say that doesn't happen anymore. Healing doesn't happen anymore. That's not what the Word teaches. And so I'm not here to teach you about that. I guess I just want to talk about the Spirit and, uh, and who He is. Um, as blood and brains and oxygen uh, feed us and create a physical life, the Spirit is what enables the spiritual life. And that may seem dumb, but it's not. The, without the Spirit, um, there is no spiritual life. The Spirit is our, is our witness. The Spirit is, is in us. And let, let me start back from the beginning. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that Spirit at that moment, He sealed to you, and, 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 and that's part of what Josh is teaching is, I love watching him teach the Tupperware and slapping that, that lid on that Tupperware. He, he, he uses a, an extremely elementary uh, you know, model to show us what is happening in us and through us, what God, what Jesus, what the Spirit are doing. And so he closes us as a Tupperware box, and it shows that picture of the Spirit sealing himself. That's a, I, didn't, I didn't put that up, Jesse. I'm going to go to Ephesians real quick. I'm going to jump around a good bit tonight. I got Jesse some of the verses to put on the screen. Um, so I'd rather you hear than, you know, please use the, use the words if they come up. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Right there, 
you have the Spirit of the living God inside of you, and He's not going anywhere. He is a down payment to future glory. He is with you until the end of the age. And that is a truth that I don't believe that I understand enough. Uh, It is amazing that we could sit here and if you would tell me, I believe in Jesus, I am saved, I I have laid my life down and asked Him to be my Savior, then I would say to you, you are full of the Holy Spirit. Man, crazy. It's not how I live my life. It's not how I think. Um, excuse me. Uh, I want to read. I found this in a church constitution. It was a statement of belief on the Holy Spirit. Beautifully written from a church called the Ring Community Church. Um, <laughs> we believe that the Holy Spirit is equal with the Father and the Son as God. He is present in the world to make men aware of their need for Jesus Christ. He is the supernatural agent in regeneration and lives in every Christian for the mo- from the moment of salvation. Through His indwelling, He provides the Christian with guidance and power for daily living and understanding of spiritual truth. The Christian seeks to live under His control daily. That is what your church, that is what your elders believe that we believe as, as uh, the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful statement. Um, it is very, very summing up of what, I, what I'm here to tell you. So again, I want to touch on a few points of his identity. I want to touch on a few points of his works. And then I want to talk to us about a few, a few things. Um, you may laugh. You may laugh. I am barely scratching the surface of this spirit. I mean, it's just amazing. And I, I told Chris, like I said, if I'm searching, I could easily do a year-long study on the Holy Spirit daily, devotionally. If, you are, or if you're suffering or you're hurting on what to study, what to read, I, I am. I'm, I'm Spurgeon Chambers, blah, 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 you know, this guy, this site. I'm so frantic with my, my daily reading, my quiet times. I, I would challenge you, like I'm trying to challenge myself to pick up a study on the spirit to pick up it it's a beautiful it can be a beautiful thing um the holy spirit is a person of the trinity uh somewhere along the way maybe myself maybe maybe some others uh, i've put him into a b squad category he's not on the uh he's not on the a team he's not a jesus god thing he's a he's a b squad guy and that's totally totally wrong um i heard a guy uh speaking uh, and I'm not trying to preach the Trinity sermon. It's been, it's been taught here. Um, it, it, we're not going to do that tonight. But uh, I heard a guy said, he said, some people say it's like a three-leaf clover. God and the Father, and, or Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And another guy says, no, it's, it's like phases of water. Uh, ice and water and, uh, wow, steam. Who's that, Amy? Who did that? All right, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, so someone said he's like an egg, like the yolk and the white and the the shell, and and this guy said he's he's not like any of that. Like he's not like anything we've ever known. You know, this Trinity. It's okay to be mesmerized and to be to be astounded at something so fantastic, something so fabulous. It's okay to not have to understand everything about God. 
Um, in fact, it should point us to the fact that He is amazing. You know, that we can't explain Him. If we could explain Him, you know, we'd pretty much have it all covered and probably wouldn't need Him, which I know I live that way a lot of times myself. John fifteen twenty six to to give you a good verse to talk about the person of the Trinity. Um, but uh, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. Jesse, did I give you that one? John, I'm sorry. Um, me and Jesse are going to talk a little bit. You know, y'all just, you know. Uh, but when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. This is amazing to me. Like in my, in my elementary little mind, um, like I see God and I see, I, I kind of chunk the whole Old Testament at God, you know, even though the Spirit was there. And I've told you, I've got deficiencies with the Spirit. Um, I see God handling the Old Testament. God says, all right, time for a redemptive plan. We're going to send Jesus in. Jesus is going to come, walk among us, do that, handle up on sin and death, resurrect. And then Jesus says, um, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send you a helper. And I'll send him from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, who will bear witness about me. So I can just see Jesus ascending. And it, I'm sorry, I don't mean to profane or certainly not blaspheme. I just see Jesus tag-teaming the Holy Spirit as he enters the throne room. God and the Holy Spirit sitting there. And there's, it's not written in the Bible, but it's fun to think about. And they're just sitting there. And a guy, another guy I was listening to, it was the coolest thing. That the Trinity, the three pieces of the Trinity, they're each other's biggest fans. That God points to Jesus, look at my son, look what he's done. Jesus spends his whole life pointing to God. And then Jesus, the Father, they point to the Spirit, to their work here on earth. And they're just, it's just this big high five party in the throne room. So Jesus comes in, he says, I, I, okay, that's done. You get to work, you know, and I doubt it's that, you know, uh, I don't know what it is. So, so he sends the Father, the, the, the Spirit, and the Spirit comes into us, not just among us, but into us and lives in our lives. And so God can be in each of us. It's, it's just a beautiful picture. So the Holy Spirit is a, is a person of the Trinity. Um, the Holy Spirit is God. I'm, I'm going to do that point anyway, even though I threw it away a little while ago. Uh, um, he is God. John, uh, John 14, 14, 16, 17. Jesse! No? All right. Uh, and I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Again, just talking about Jesus sending the Spirit from the Father. Can we go on to the Second Corinthians verse? Yes. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image of one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We're going to talk about that in a minute. That to me is sanctification defined. We are being transformed into the same image, the image of the Father, from one degree of glory to another, 
For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so they are interchanged. The Lord is the Spirit. The Spirit is the Lord. Um, so we've gone through uh, the Holy Spirit being part of the Trinity, being a, a person of the Trinity, not just a B squad, not just a, not just a vapor that God sends out to get something done, but He is God and He comes into us. And then we talk about the Holy Spirit, His deity. And we talk about the Spirit is the Lord. And this one is, this next one is, um, well, I'll tell you what it is. The Holy Spirit has uh, desires and a will. And this is cool to me, um, but very much new again. And this may be where I have faulted over the years. Um, Jesse, you want to go to that one? 1 Corinthians 12. 7. 1 Corinthians 12, 7-11. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Let me stop there for a second. To, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I believe that, that to each that the, the Spirit desires to give us all, every one of us who hold the Spirit of the living God, desires to give us some manifest, a manifestation of Himself. Verse 8, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another, by, uh, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit. Verse 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between Spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by the Spirit, by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Um, that is a big deal. That is a big deal. Um, I believe that the Spirit desire has a desire for you and your and my life, and that He wills that we would have these giftings, and that. Never in history has God ever forced His will upon us. You know, and the Bible talks. I I'm not going to touch. I'm not going to talk about that. But it talks about quenching the Spirit. And I, I fully believe that God, being God, and love being a choice, I believe that the Spirit, even though it desires it for us and it wills that we would have it, that maybe we are getting in the way sometimes. That's a very that's a bold statement, but I think we need to see just see the the fundamental the fundamentality of it. Like the Spirit wants to give us this, He wills, He desires that we should have these things. Uh, a quote from Francis Chan: um, These reflections of the Spirit's presence and activity in us have nothing to do with natural abilities, and we've not received them because we have earned. Or somehow deserve them. That is a strong statement. I, I thought I just want to be quiet and let you rest. Let me read it one more time and please just think about how this relates to you. So these reflections of the Spirit's presence and activity in us have nothing to do with our natural abilities. And we haven't received them because we have earned or somehow deserve them. So the Spirit wants to produce this in us. The Spirit wants to manifest Himself in us for the common good of the church, of Jesus' church, of this church, of this Sunday night. 
the Spirit desires to manifest itself and desires for us to walk in the power of that manifestation. And you know, it doesn't matter what we've done or who. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what we're good at. You know, I, I don't think I could ever be part of a miracle or see a miracle. You know, I'm just, I'm too broken. You know, I, don't, I'm not, I certainly wouldn't be part of healing. I don't really believe that. I, I, that may be true. I, this is difficult to believe, you know. This, it is. To me, it's difficult. I'm not sitting here preaching. I've told you, my whole buildup was Jake is, is, is sorting this out in his own life as well. And so, but it is a beautiful picture that the Spirit desires this for us. And it doesn't matter, you know, what we're good at, what our, what our giftings are, or what we think our giftings are. You know, take a spiritual gifts test and you come up and I'm good in the potluck line. I'm good at serving uh, potato salad. The spirit doesn't stomp off and say, oh, I wanted Jacob to do this, you know, but he's good at that. I guess I'll just let him do that. Man, he desires for you to live in power and to live in the knowledge of him, to live in the knowledge of him inside you. Um, that are just a few points on who he is. And again, to say that's comprehensive or exhaustive is a joke. That's three small points in the grand scheme of things. Let me move on to some works just for the sake of time. Um, the spirit testifies to our adoption. Romans eight fifteen through 16. Many of you know it. Um, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And and I went through a whole time of confession up front, you know, how I'm doing, where I am with the Spirit. If I'm ever which it's happening more and more, being sanctified, and I pray the same for you that you're being sanctified, that when someone says you are a child of God, and my spirit, Jake's spirit, doesn't say, nah, not really. When I don't rear up, when I don't resist or rebel, but when I say, you're right, I am a child of God. I received adoption as a child of the King, of the Father. That is the spirit if you ever feel that confidence, I want you to know that that is the Spirit working in you. And it doesn't have to be, one guy called it a weapon of mass destruction, that we keep looking in our worship services for weapons of mass destruction. It can be the quiet whisper. It can be the quiet evidence of the Spirit's working in your life. And it can fuel us day to day. And it can drive us uh, from where we talked about before, one image to the other, towards, towards Christ-like. So the Spirit testifies to our adoption. <clears throat> the Spirit uh, gives God's love. That's Romans 5, 5. It says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into the hearts, I'm sorry, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. <clears throat> These are so challenging. I read the Bible sometimes and it's like that... Him saying the Spirit wasn't there before. Like, I don't remember that, you know. Just to, to like see with unveiled eyes that, 
that God is using the Spirit to do this and to do that in my life. That God is on the throne. That Jesus is there interceding on my behalf. But the Spirit is here working. And it's just an amazing truth. The same thing. He doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Spirit who has been given to us. If you ever can say, God loves me. Uh, Let me rephrase that. The only reason you can ever say, you know, God does love me. Jesus loves me. It's because the Spirit is working in your life. The Spirit has given you the power in your soul, in your mind, to, to believe that. To believe that God loves me. The Spirit works in sanctification. And we've already touched some on this. Second uh, Corinthians 3.18 <clears throat> And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Again, I already said it. That is sanctification. Moving from one degree of glory to another. Growing in the knowledge of the Lord. Growing in the knowledge of the Lord. The Spirit in us. And, and you almost can't... Uh, you almost can't preach on the Spirit without talking about the fruits. and I, It's big. It's a big topic. But I want to talk about this in terms of, of uh, sanctification. Uh, Galatians 5, 18 through 23. Um, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. It is so good to me when the Father is very clear in his word. And that's, that's funny because the Holy Spirit does that too. It illuminates God's word. It inspired God's word to the writers and it illuminates us to its meanings, to the things of the, uh, to the things of God. Excuse um, I was thinking about it. Me and Chris, uh, bought a house a couple years ago, four or five years ago. And we bought it from this, uh, from this older couple. They were like 65, 70 and a uh, real cool, uh, they were both retired, and they had planted several fruit trees in the backyard. So we've got a, a lemon tree, and we've got a uh, satsuma tree, and we have what he's told us is a lime, a lime tree. <laughs> Eddie's saying, no, you're saying yes. It's a lime. And this is part of my story. Um, we also had a peach tree before that dirty Gustav got it. Uh, it had... <laughs> Sorry, I personified a hurricane. Um, so we were buying the house. He was. This was a major selling point for him, and honestly, it was. It was so nice to walk out. I I might have satsumas. You know, I might be a farmer all of a sudden. Like that's awesome. Uh, but he went out there, and I don't know if you remember. He was telling us. Uh, he was yelling back at his wife. It was like out of a movie. Oh, Martha, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to show him this and I'm going to show him that. And he walks up to the peach tree. He says, this is my prize, Rustin peach tree. He had brought peaches back from Rustin. He grafted it. Dude knew what he was doing. Grew the, grew the tree. And he said, I had eight here uh, yesterday. And he started, he started looking around. And there's squirrels and raccoons. And they had just killed it there were no there was no fruit he just blows up in the middle of the yard Martha, those squirrels got my peaches you know <laughs> freaks out 
So anyway, we didn't have the peach tree very long, but we're actually farmers. We own a farm in uh, Prairieville. Uh, that's not true. And so, um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, I read this, I think about that, that lime tree, that there are these three trees in a row. And as long as I've lived there, I guess we're going on four or five years, uh, I've never seen any fruit on that tree. And I have to take that guy's word. And that's scandalous. That, listen, listen to what I just said. I, I have to take that guy's word that that's a lime tree because there's no fruit. I've never seen any evidence of its identity in being a lime tree. Uh, man, let's talk about the Spirit. Like the Spirit's evidence in our life The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. I want the Spirit to work in that. I want to list those on a page. And I want everyone to take a survey and say, Jake has this, 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 this. Like, I would love for that to happen. I don't don't think I'm there at all. (laughs) Maybe I don't want that to happen. Uh, but the Spirit works. The Spirit is, is working in sanctification. And one way He's doing that is giving us these things. And this is something you can sit down and say, am I characterized by love? Is there joy? Do I offer joy? Do I show joy? Is there peace? Is there patience? Is there kindness, goodness, faithfulness? Am I gentle with people? Is there self-control? And the good thing is, if there is, and I could tell you, honestly, I could look around the room and we could just start doing shout outs if you want me to. <laughs> like, you're good at this and you're good at that. You're good at this. I've seen this in you. You know, some of you really want me to do that, don't you? You want me to like, uh, Brian, you want me to do that? <laughs> uh, if those things are evident in your life, it is the working of the Holy Spirit. Only the Spirit produces fruit. Like I talked about earlier, the only... We only have life because of the oxygen, because of the blood, because of the brain functions. We only have the spirit. We only have a spiritual life. We only have this fruit with the spirit who is from God, who is God in us. And so we just, he can do this in us. He, he can work and, and, and show power and manifest in our lives. Um, real quickly, I, I haven't given you many to do's and I'm sorry. And by that I mean for the, for the Spirit to manifest itself in your life more, you have to do this. I haven't given you this. I think we have to start here. I've, I've, faithfully, I've tried to faithfully bring you knowledge of the Spirit, bring you hopefully awareness that maybe you're with me in terms of I'm not, I'm not living right in terms of how I'm seeing the Spirit, how I'm viewing the Spirit. Um, I'm going to say something. Maybe we believe that we're doing fine without the Spirit. And I think that's where I've been for a long time. You know, like I told you, I'm I'm good with Jesus. I'm good with God. You know, I'm growing in those understandings and those beliefs. But man, I love them so much. I love them. But that the Holy Spirit, I I just feel so ignorant about even though it, it is God in me. Uh, I challenge you. I challenge you just to, 
if, if you're like me, if you're with me in this weird stage of maybe not being so hot with the whole Trinity, I challenge you to, to, uh, to pray to Him. It's funny, I've, I've got to preach on the Holy Spirit and I'm begging the Holy Spirit to work in me and to manifest in me. It's just this huge catch-22. Holy Spirit, I need to know You. I need to teach people about You. I need to proclaim Your name and proclaim Your glory. Uh, like I just said, you know, sometimes we, we feel like we're doing fine without the strength of the Holy Spirit. Chan, Chan had another quote out of his book on church. And uh, this is not an indictment on the ring. I don't believe I'd be going here if this was an indictment on the ring. But, but sometimes this, this can hurt. Uh, church growth is being achieved with charismatic speakers, talent, uh, talented worship groups, and uh, uh, creative programming. All to draw people's attention for an hour or two each week. Are we satisfied with our Sunday nights? Are community groups getting in the way of raising kids, playing softball, recouping from the weekend? Have we punched our clock on Sundays, put in our time, and are we yearning to get back to the real life of the Mondays? This is me. Sorry, I broke from Chan. (laughs) Uh, I think he would give me permission to ask those questions. Are we satisfied? We have a level of control here with the Spirit. Like I said, God's never forced Himself upon us. He's offered Himself to us as a free gift. And, and we have the decision to take Him or not. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. The same way with God in us. Are we satisfied with what we're doing? I, I, I ask that question about community groups. Because to me, we've got the ring on Sunday nights. And then we've got the, the, the other week event, which is community groups. I, I asked that. This is what I wrote. Are, we getting, is, are raising kids, playing softball, having the kids play sports or t-ball, or just recouping from the weekend? And I'm not pointing the finger, guys. No one of you has talked to me about recouping from the weekend. Me, <laughs> we run so fast on the weekend sometimes. Monday night, going to community group. Honestly, it's tough sometimes. I want to be just honest with you. And, and I, I can't dance around and try and paint some other pictures. There's sometimes we've not structured our Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights to where we're ready to walk into a Monday and add anything to the group, much less stay awake sometimes. Phil, that's not a shot at you as a leader. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, we lead such busy lives, and I'm not trying to start off into another sermon, but we, leave such, we lead such busy lives, we kind of shove the Spirit off to the side, and it has consequences. So we've got seven days, and seven days a week, and we come here for two hours, or how many hours on a Sunday night, and then we have another hour and a half on another night, and boy, we are tired of serving God. I know that's kind of snarky. It's pointed at me. Some of you guys are doing so much and, and it's, it's inspiring. The breakfast on the levee, the, the uh, reality house, the, the even like church training, I call it church training, uh, the kids groups and the youth groups. It's, it's very inspiring, but that's not where I've been a lot of times. And I don't know if it's, uh, it's where you guys are. Um, I only have one or two more things to say. I'm mean, just trying to gather my thoughts. Uh, collectively those things are, are tough because maybe individually that's how we're acting. I want to read you another quote. The fear of God failing us. The fear of God failing us leads us to cover for God. 
I quoted, uh, cover for God, meaning as we ask for less, we expect less and are satisfied with less because we're afraid to ask for or expect more. Listen to that word more. Like I said, he's given it all of himself, but we're not giving him all of ourselves. We can give more. We convince ourselves that we don't want more. We have all the God we need or could want. And God wants us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's His idea for us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. He will bring about and He will bless His ideas. It's His idea to walk in the, in the Holy Spirit. It's His idea to abandon things for the work of the Spirit. To, to busy yourself less. To focus more on Him. To lay your life down. It's His idea for us to lay our lives down. Not be so distracted. I guess one of the last things is just what you believe determines how you act. Is that, is that fear where you are? Is that fear of I'm afraid if I ask him he won't answer? Or I'm afraid if I ask him he will answer? I don't think Preston and Alex are here tonight. They asked and he answered. And they're going to India. As far as we're concerned, forever. I don't know if that's true. They asked, man, I'm not pointing the finger. I might want to come down on the floor with you guys and talk about this. I am scared to death. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go anywhere. So I don't ask. <laughs> if I ain't asking, he ain't telling. Like, are we living lives that, that are safe and comfortable? They can't be comfortable because comfort is everywhere. Comfort is easy. The Spirit is not, is not easy or comfortable. The Spirit is. The Spirit is. God is. Jesus is. They're supernatural. They're unlike anything we've ever known. I'm scared, guys. I, I, don't, I confess, I'm scared. I'm scared to ask God to move in the mightiest way to truly lay the life of mine lay my life down, to lay my wife's life down, to lay my kids' lives down, and say, Lord, just lead us. Josh would say, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared for Jesus to take the wheel. I, I, Lord Jesus, I tell you that now, and I, I confess it here. But there is more of me to give. And I guess I would hope you would join me in at least believing that. Where you walk from here, I don't know. Where you go from here with this, I don't know. I know that this is cliche. This is how we have begun to finish everything. But if you're scared, tell him you're scared. And let him, let him guide you. Let the Holy Spirit work in your lives. He desires things for you. He has a will for things in your life. I think that's it, y'all. He he desires to lead us. He desires to work in us. In us, he desires to show the rest of this world the fruit that comes from knowing him, that comes from sanctification. So I just, I just pray. Uh, I, I want to pray. Let, let's pray, and we'll we'll wrap up. Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We owe you our lives, Holy Spirit. Hello. 
Lord, I have forgotten you, Holy Spirit, in my life, and, and, and I am afraid of what you could do in me. I am afraid of how uncomfortable it will get. I am afraid of how strange it would seem, Lord God. I confess that to you. Holy Spirit, just work in our lives. Thank you so much. Oh, Father, I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit, for not just leaving us void once Jesus returned after after he finished his plan with the cross. Lord, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to be you in our lives inside of us. Holy Spirit, just work in me. Produce fruit. Help me to move out of the way. Help help me to loosen my grip on on my life and to, to let go of the control that I think I have. And Father, just be praised. My life is here to praise you. Holy Spirit, just help me to do that. Help me to yield and and surrender. Father God, I pray that for my church, who I stand before. I pray that for my church, who I live with and who I walk with. Our community, may 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 we yearn for you. Maybe that's all it takes is just yearning and moving out of the way and letting go. Holy Spirit, just move. Move now. Move tomorrow morning. Move Tuesday at lunch. Move Thursday. Just move all the time and may we just expect it and may we live and walk in it and just give you more and more praise. May we just heap praises upon you. Lord Jesus, I ask all this in your name that it would be done. Lord, and I ask this uh, for the benefit and common good of our church. I love you and I thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing some more. This is, uh, this is a perfect time just to search the Spirit. We were made for doing what we're about to do. We were made for doing what we were about to do. To heap praises upon our God. To return thanks for what He's done in us this week, this year, our lifetime. We were made to do what we were about to do. I just pray you'd sing your guts out. I told Addie that last week. She said, no, no, I'm not singing my guts out. She was afraid. But I told her, there is no better thing on this earth. There's no better thing than what we're about to do. He made us to give His name praise and glory. And may we just be obedient right now. Lose yourself. Not Eminem. Lose yourself. (laughs) Oh, it's God. Lose yourself in these two songs. Lose yourself. There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there worth this. Lord Jesus. It's so nice to say His name. There's nothing out there. It's here. Just right here. Just right here. Just lose yourself in this. Just I, I challenge you. Just, just give God praise. Thank you.